My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center. Not sure, how are you, sir? Jeff, I'm doing great. Not sure if you heard uh, me talking about these trees that they butchered in Hollywood. Oh, I saw that on TV. So you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. It reminded me of Crepe Murder. (laughs) And I I referenced that earlier. I I was wondering if you had seen uh, the before and after pictures. I I saw the after pictures, and I didn't, it was kind of a, a. brief moment i saw it but apparently they is it true they cut the trees because they were striking underneath exactly they they were taking advantage of the shade (laughs) but the before and the after it's just horrendous oh my god they sure did they sure did oh my lord and you know it's and, and they said obviously yeah they claim they did this a lot and like you've never done it this horrendously but you can see where it is getting close to the building and you can see where they <laughs> that, probably have to trim every that, once in a while. That's right. If those were crate murders, that would definitely be the definition of crate murder. You're right. You're yeah. right. So, uh, But that can't be good, for, especially this time of year, in excessive heat. You don't want to trim then, even if you were doing it for the right reason. Uh, you're right. That's correct. You would not, this would be the wrong time, even in Los Angeles, which is this, this was in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I would think this would definitely be the, uh, the wrong time to do it. So. And and you got to worry a little bit about uh, the heat and the dry, right? So, but over there they have irrigation. So, I, I don't know, but uh, no, it's definitely not the right time. And it, they definitely did butcher those trees. It's but, amazing. But it amazing. seemed like they, somebody was on a mission, right, Jeff? That's exactly what it is. There, right. There's no uh, coincidence. No, no, no. It's not coincidental. It was uh, done for a purpose. Anyway, what you uh, keep well, we'll, these t- we'll days. talk a little bit about fertilizer today, but initially I want to talk about some issues that have been happening in the landscape. One, one of the lawns, they're starting to have problems, and, and, and this is definitely a bug. So if you start to see big yellowing spots, browning spots in the lawn, could be water issues, but usually the water issues are going to be much more uniform and, and much throughout the lawn. And then, uh, uh, but we're seeing uh, uh, either chinch bugs or side webworms. Mostly chest bugs, but the good solu- the, the good thing is you don't need to know which one's which because the solution's the same. You just got to spray it and repeat your application in, the, in a couple of weeks, and uh, and and that'll stop. Or repeat your application in about a week, and uh, that should stop it. But we're seeing uh, some of that right now. Obviously, uh, you know, Jeff, I don't I don't know uh, if there's rain projected next week, but with temperatures as extreme as they are right now. And I don't know what the high is going to be today, but it was supposed to be 98, upper 98, 99 yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And so no rain. Th- at this point, we, we got to watch water. And that includes the lawn, that includes everything. And so, you know, normally I'm talking about this as my third level of heat, usually in August for two or three weeks. And, but we've been at this third level since June. And, uh, so you just got to watch it. You, you're, you're, the plants that were in containers that were planted in uh, April that were small then have now grown and are really big, and you have a tremendous amount of roots in these containers. So it is not unusual at this point to be watering twice a day, day Jeff. You have to water in the morning then probably again uh, late that afternoon. And so just understand that, uh, you know, raised beds, containers take a tremendous amount of water. Things that are in the ground uh, it's beneficial to be in the ground at this point until we start to get our deluge of rain, which is going to occur, Jeff. It's just a matter of when. You know, it could be uh, in a week or it could be in uh, two months, but it's going to happen. And, and it's keeping uh, things alive until then. That's right. And so you just got to keep things going and, and uh, 
So mulching helps. Uh, just all the little things help. Just don't forget about it. If you forget about it, it it's gonna, that plant's going to tell you. And, uh, you know, I kind of forgot about my tomato plants, but purposely they were playing out, and, and boy, it doesn't take long for, <laughs> for them to head south. And so just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, it's going to be almost impossible. You know, people worry about scalding, and they say, oh, I can't water in the middle of the day. Is it the best time to water in the middle of the day? Uh, no, but if you have to, do it. it won't, the plant will not scald. Scalding is caused by uh, the container or the ground being so saturated with moisture that it cannot, it actually, the roots can't pick up the water out of the ground. And with the sun shining, it just basically burns them from lack of water. And, and they're also transpiring so fast because of the sun. So, you know, don't you can water in the middle of the day. Uh, you would have to, you know, that just flood it and just keep it flooded for it, for it to occur in this situation. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of watch that and, and, you know, uh, uh, stay on top of it. Mulch also helps a lot. Ever think about, and obviously some are easier to bring in than others, but give them a little rest out of that heat. Uh, does that uh, help at all? It, it does, especially when a plant is under stress. Uh, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, people who, 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 who sometimes I'll tell people if you're having a, a container plant inside that's struggling, a lot of times uh, many of these house plants, container plants, need the, need the warmth and, and uh, the humidity. And inside sometimes you don't get that. And so this is a great time of year to to bring stress plants out but you got to put them in the shade in dense shade you can't put them in a lot of sun and so but anything even a plant that may, may like you're saying jeff maybe a hibiscus or something like that a need that requires a lot of sun just a little reprieve uh will help you and so uh, things in containers you can do exactly what you just said jeff and that's going to kind of kind of help it out uh, one issue we've been seeing is some people are saying the hibiscus or the flowers themselves are deformed. And if you kind of go in there, uh, there's a little insect called thrips. And if you start peer, peeling back the layers of the petals of the flowers, sometimes you can see them where the petals uh, uh, are attached to the stem. And you can see them moving around in there. It's an easy one to, 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 to deal with. You just have to spray the plant. But that occurs. You see it in roses a lot and many, many flowers. But but the flower itself is coming out deformed, and thrips are a common uh, uh, issue with that. And starting to see a lot less insect issues with the uh, a lot of the vegetable plants, Jeff, and most of that is due because the vegetables are playing out at this point. And so people are, kind of, are starting to transition from, you know, from the spring garden to the fall garden. It's not certainly not uh, uh, not at all too early to start to prepare for that. Uh, it's actually a good idea. And we'll talk a little bit about fertilizer, and this should be my main to- topic today but there's a lot of things you can do in preparation for the uh, fall guard but one of the things you do not want to do is fertilize right now and that's because the fertilizer is going to be utilized by plants other than what you want to plant because you you we're a few weeks away from planting so but you can you can certainly uh, uh you know c- clean the beds out uh, uh till the beds add compost uh take out the weeds so they don't seed you know eradication of weeds many times is is as simple as uh, just pulling up those weeds before they go to seed. There's one weed right now. It's called chamber bitter, and it's a it it'll get 12, 18 inches tall, and it has these uh, I don't know. It looks like mimosa type leaves, but a little a bunch of little leaves on on each on, on each uh, stem. And uh, but if you look under those leaves, there's these little balls which are seeds, and each leaf might have I don't know, Jeff, depending on the size of the leaf, anywhere from 10 to 30 
seeds on that leaf. And so you can imagine as those, if you let those weeds grow and continue to uh, produce seeds, they're going to disperse those seeds very rapidly. And so it's going to spread. So, you know, your organic manual eradication is the best way to go. And in this case, it is the best way to go because you can stay on top of it and, uh, and, and weed it out. And you really want to do that uh, because many, many weeds are, are shuffled about through seeding. So you want to stay on top of that. So at minimum, uh, you know, you can certainly get rid of any of the, the old vegetable plants or, uh, that, that you had and, and, and weed it out and keep it clean. But you can also uh, incorporate organic matter and compost and, and uh, uh, just things that are going to help the soil. Would so you want to use a, maybe a visqueen or something on top of that? You could, and that will help eradicate uh, a clear visqueen. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that will basically seal it. You know, 40 years ago, Jeff, before, uh, uh, you, you know, there used to be something called Vapam, which you could actually cover it with thing, and you'd press it, cover it with visqueen, you'd press this little bucket, and we'd make a gas. Mm. And it would sterilize, it would, st- it would sterilize the soil. It was a great product. I don't know how envi- environmentally friendly it was, but it was a great product because it would kill all the weed seeds, all the bacteria, and basically you would be starting with a sterile soil. And, uh, uh, so this is kind of a natural way of doing that. And if you're going to do it, the, the, the best way to do that, it would be to uh, take everything out of, the, out of your uh, uh, area that you're planting, till the soil so it's nice and loose, not, uh, uh, so that when you cover it with the visqueen and it builds up heat, the heat will go up, he'll, he'll gotcha. as deep as possible. And so if you did that and you could do that for several weeks, that will definitely help eradicate a lot of things. And, uh, and then you just take it off uh, before, and then you can start. Um, so that, that actually is a very good idea. But clear because it will actually go, uh, the heat will penetrate, basically the greenhouse effect, and it will lock in that heat and trap it. And, but it has to be locked in. The, uh, um, so if you, ha- you have it clear, it's easy to set and do. Sometimes you've got to phase it out, but it's so damn hot right now, Jeff, that it's, uh, it's hard to get out there and out. I can fess up to that one, uh, but but if you do it, it, it is a, it is a good way to uh, uh, go about in preparation for the fall. Gotcha. So when it comes to fertilizers, you know it gets really confusing because everybody's promoting different brands and all that. But you know, basically, uh, when you look at fertilizers, you know when you go online, Jeff, and 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 the, and they will say, uh, I want to use this on whatever on my hibiscus, and then the they say they'll say the uh, they're recommending a uh, a twelve four eight fertilizer, and that's the three major nutrients. Every fertilizer has to be labeled with those three major nutrients. And they're always in that same order. Same order, and uh, and it's nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and so it's really a ratio. It's the ratios that you're looking for. You don't have to have the exact eighteen eight. Two, if you had a sixteen, seven, three, that's fine. It's the ratio you're looking for. They're telling you that you want something, whether it be high in nitrogen, the first number, or low in uh, phosphorus, the second number, and and medium in potassium. So don't panic if you can't find the exact thing that the online person is telling you. Because remember, usually the online person is trying to sell you something, mm-hmm. and so so understand that it doesn't have to be. Uh, in the, the exact numbers, it's more to do with the ratio, you know, two, one, one, uh, you know, three, two, 
too. Uh, look for those ratios. And if you get the ratio relatively close, then that's going to do the same thing as you want it. But those three numbers are what they call the major nutrients. It's the three nutrients that every plant to survive has to have. And, and so that's important to remember. Nitrogen is the first number. Phosphorus is the, is the uh, second. And potassium is the last. And, and so well, you say, well, what are these nutrients for? And basically the nitrogen, and I'm, I'm simplifying, but the nitrogen, the first number, is for vegetative growth, leaf growth. The leaves grow. It'll, it'll make that plant grow stronger and faster. And that's obviously that's very important. Without leaves, you know, when we talk about fertilizer, everybody thinks, you know, fertilizer is the food. Well, the truth of the matter is photosynthesis, those plants make the food with those leaves. So what, what uh, uh, fertilizer is doing is allowing that plant to grow and be healthy so it can make food, and, and that's kind of the the more important thing. Keep in mind that first number, the nitrogen, which makes the vegetative growth, is the one that leaches the most. It's the one that you're going to have to reapply. If it's a plant that's going to survive for any amount of time, it's, you're going to have to reapply it every four to six weeks. Now, some, some plants, other than vegetables, don't need a, a lot of vegetative growth that fast. So you may not apply it as much. But basically, when it comes to bedding plants and uh, 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 vegetables, that nitrogen is very, very important in terms of reapplying also. The next number is phosphorus, and that's the main ingredient for root development and flower development. So you can see how important that would be for bedding plants, but as well as vegetables. Obviously, the vegetables, your cucumbers, your tomatoes, all coming from the flowers. Uh, there's a few vegetables, such as beets and carrots, that are coming from the roots. But the you know, vast majority of them, without the uh, good, healthy flowers, you're not going to produce much fruit. And that's what that middle number is for, is for the phosphorus. And the last number, potassium, remember I said these three numbers are essential elements. And basically, it is essential and it's just essential for the overall development and growth of the plant. So those three are very important. Remember, it's the ratio that you're looking for, not the exact numbers when it comes to people recommending. That's why you see LSU and everybody, when they talk about uh, ratios, v most of the time they're going to recommend a balanced uh, ratio, meaning that the most common one you see is one called 13, 13, 13. The first number is nitrogen, phosphorus, then potassium. They're all in the same amount. And the reason they do that is because really and truly, unless you would have a soil test and know exactly what that soil needs, it's hard to guess what you need to add. You know, you could say, well, uh, if it's a root crop such as, uh, such as beets or carrots or potatoes, well, you're going to need a high middle number because that's going to make the, the, uh, the development of the uh, of the the root, which is going to be the potato or the beet or the or the carrot, all right. So, and that's true. But let's say you've been adding an eight twenty four twenty four again. That high number it would be great for a root crop, and you've been adding that for several years. It could be that your your, your middle number is so high that you shouldn't add anymore. And so that's the only way to do it. So LSU generally, and I'm kind of. Uh, uh, you know, over, uh, overstating it, but the bottom line, they generally state that 13, 13, 13 is a good, considered all-purpose fertilizer that can be used on grass, can be used on vegetables. Uh, but know that if you do a soil test, you can actually pinpoint exactly what you need and how much you need of it per square foot. So that's always important. Now is a good time to do that in between crops to do some type of soil test 
so you can know exactly what you need to add to the soil. So, so that's kind of the basic. Then, then you get into uh, micronutrients, and generally, the, the you know the second or the secondary elements, and that's calcium, magnesium, and sulfur. These are one that are essential. However, they are not needed. They're not as as important as those first three we talked about. And you'll see that in uh, in uh, in basic fertilizers, such as triple thirteen and all that. When it comes to specialty fertilizers, Jeff, such as such as uh, uh, fertilizers for camellias or azaleas, those are generally geared toward plants that may need the soil a little bit more acid when it comes to pH. So they'll put a little bit more of that secondary element, such as sulfur, which will lower your pH and and cause that cause the cause the soil pH to drop, which is great for camellias, azaleas, uh, and and plants that are need acidity, hydro, uh, hawthorns. And so, so that's kind of when you start to see, see different uh, uh, um, labels for different plants. And uh, or certain plants, may, uh, such as tropicals, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, bougainvilleas or hibiscus, they need more nitrogen because, remember, they are growing during the growing season a lot in the heat. And, uh, and so this, this nitrogen is leaching out. So they want you to not only add... Uh, fertilizers that are high in that first number, but they want you to repeat that application because, remember, that first number will leach out. So g- guides are great. If you're not sure, don't panic and say, oh, i got to find that, that every element to the T. Look for your ratios or ratios that are close to it, and that's going to help you uh, more than anything and also make it a little bit less confusing. The other, other part of, of uh, fertilization is that many fer- fertilizers come in in dry granules, or it comes in solubles or liquids. Um, Soluble and liquid, what's the difference The, there? the basic difference is the dry granules that you basically see usually in bigger sacks, okay, are going to be applied as such, meaning you're going to apply it as dry. You're not going to mix it with water and to, to apply it. Solubles or liquids are going to be applied either as a straight liquid or as a soluble granule that is to be utilized in such that it's going to be mixed with water before. Okay, gotcha. So, so that's going to if you apply a dry granule, uh, uh, the concentration would probably be way too hot. It may be a, it might be, you know, let's say a, a, a thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. The nitrogen is thirteen percent. Some some uh, soluble granules might be sixty, sixty-five percent nitrogen. That that could burn if applied straightly as dry. You know, the advantages of the solubles and liquids. And that's one category versus the versus the uh, the dry granules, is that the liquids will work much faster. So if you have a, a plant that you're you're planting that uh, uh, you're digging up and you're moving from one place to the other, that's when you start to see these root stimulators. And root stimulators will come in liquid form, and that's basically because uh, it works fast. So you can actually apply that directly to the roots, and that root will pick it up immediately. And that's what it needs because it's being, it's, it's being dug and transplanted as opposed to putting the dry granule down, which is fine. You can do that, but it may not be picked up for a week or two uh, before it happens. So liquids have their, their points, and the big ones are stress points that I just, just uh, talked about. But right now is a stress point, meaning that the heat is so hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a bedding plant or a flower, liquids will, will allow them to pick that up quickly and kind of uh, – uh, it's it's kind of a, a medicine for the stress, and uh, you still can use the granules, 
but you you got to you got to use the liquids so it's picked up much much faster know that stress points can also be when a plant is has a lot of flowers or has a lot of fruit so if you have an eggplant that is abundant with flowers and fruit right now liquids will help you how often can you do a liquid you can do a liquid you know twice a week and it won't hurt the plant at all once you get the plant green and healthy and it's obviously really doing well then back off on that if it's kind of has some leaves that are yellowing and just stressed out then you can do it twice a week you can't overdo it you can over mix it you can say oh, okay i'm a uh, you know it says one tablespoon a gallon well rich is going to put four tablespoons a gallon and do four times <laughs> work well no it doesn't work that way so always with anything go according to direction use, use it the way they say to use it but don't be afraid that if i if instead of putting a gallon of liquid fertilizer i'm gonna put two that won't be a problem if it's mixed correctly and uh and and you know it, it that from that standpoint it works really good uh timing is important and that's when we talked about uh you know prep uh you know preparing your soil for the coming uh vegetable garden in maybe three or four weeks away okay you don't want to put it down now uh, for a lot of reasons but for one of the big reasons we just talked about how fast that first number leaches out so if you put that down now uh, it'll be gone by the time you utilize it, and the weeds might end up uh, <laughs> utilizing and growing really, really healthy. So you really, for, for bottom line, is basically, you know, uh, fertilizer are utilized uh, generally at the time of planting or just a few days before. Slow release versus uh, fast release. And now I'm talking about the dry granules. Uh, in today's world, as opposed to, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they didn't have as many uh, slow-release fertilizers available. You know, I remember the time when Osmocote, which is this little prill, uh, was, just came out. It was in the 70s. It was, it was gold because you could safely apply this to a container plant, and the nurseries could safely apply that to their acres of uh, plants that are in containers and not worry about someone taking a, a too big of a handful and, and dropping it in there and causing problems. You don't have to worry about that. And the main reason is because uh, the, the elements in it, especially the nitrogen, are slow release. They won't release all at once. So if you do put a little bit too much, it won't burn the plant. And so that's a big deal. And it's really a big deal for, you know, people today that many of them have uh, uh, container plants or, or have raised beds, that it's just much safer and there's less chance of problems occurring when they utilize it. So that is a big difference between uh, the old 50-pound sack that you can buy for relatively, uh, well, you can buy it much cheaper than some of the other things. The basic difference between the old triple thirteen and triple eight is that Many of the products today in, in, in containers are slow release, and they have all the micronutrients that we talked about, whereas the, the big sacks of triple 13 triple don't, don't have that. They don't have the slow release traits, and they don't have the micronutrients. And so that's the big difference. Now, so people say, well, I've been using triple 13 all my life, and I've been successful. Then do it because it's, it, you know how to use it, and, uh, and you, you, you won't overdo it. If you're a novice and haven't started, it's sometimes it's better to go with these slow releases. When people come in, Jeff, and, and they, are, they are starting to, uh, you know, they say, look, i got a little three-gallon container, and we're going to put a tomato plant in there, and we're going to put a pepper here, or we're going to grow, uh, you know, some vinca. We always say go with the slow release. It's, uh, it's, you know, you're not buying 
you know, 200 pounds of fertilizer. You're just buying a little bit, so the cost is, isn't as uh, as a big of a deal, and it's so much safer, you know. And since you're going to reapply, but every, you know, four to six weeks, you're going to apply a little bit of more fertilizer at that plant as that plant continues to grow it's going to fill in that pot m much easier to burn it at that stage than you know when you plant a, a a tomato plant it's only you know six or eight inches tall and we generally tell them say put that fertilizer six eight eight inches away from the plant to basically uh, avoid burning it well as that plant gets bigger there is no six or eight inches away <laughs> from the plant because the plant the roots are you know 10 12 inch out and so no matter where you go, you're going to be on route. So it, it's, it's going to be a much smarter and, uh, and, and safer way to do it. And it will last longer. And so, you know, all that comes into play, and uh, it just works better. Last thing, Jeff, how I'm doing on time? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay, so It is just, 12 noon. Okay, so really quick, and maybe we'll talk this for the last time, is organic versus inorganic. And so the organics uh, – uh, are just natural uh, forms of fertilizer, and the uh, inorganics are more commercial fertilizer. The basic difference is is that uh, obviously the organics are natural, but, but organics won't be your 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 number of elements and the amount of elements of your major elements will never be as high as the commercial, and so so that's a thing to play. You know, inorganics generally, if you can get something maybe a six percent nitrogen and six percent phosphorus, that's that's pretty high for it for organic. Whereas you can get you can get inorganics that are you know twenty, thirty, fifty, sixty percent uh, volume. So it's an economic thing, and uh, but many people uh, you know like to to deal with the organics, and we'll save that talk a little bit for organic. How about we talk about organic? fertilizers next week, as well as uh, some uh, natural and commercial insecticides. All right. Hopefully some rain between now and then. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Anything just, else? Just clouds, too. There you go. That's it, Jeff. All right. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you, Jeff.